0: Praise God. Well, glory. I'm kind of tore betwixt three messages tonight, and so I'm trying to follow the Holy Ghost here. But uh, anyway, we're going to get some good word going, right? Yeah. Word's always good. I'm not preaching from the Reader's Digest. Bless God, I'm preaching from the Word of God, so it's got to be right. God can use it somehow. So get your Bibles out. Go to Matthew chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 28. Man, it was good to see the church full Sunday, and seemed like there was hunger in people's faces, and you know, we live in a world today that, I, I you know, is just so twisted, so messed up, and uh, I was, I overheard a conversation, yeah, I was eavesdropping. Well, they were talking really loud, and I could hear, so... I don't think that's eavesdropping. I'd, I had to put my finger in the mirror not to have heard, but it's two people talking and one was telling uh, the other about how much fear his daughter had ever since the school shooting and just fearful and just couldn't hardly sleep at night and having nightmares and, you know, and uh, fearful when they left the house. And and so I was listening to him and, and really got grieved over the whole situation and, and. uh Got to thinking about how many how many more people in the world are just like that, you know, are just uh, affected by life, affected by situations, circumstances around us, you know, whatever. It may be. I mean, there's always tragedies, right? There's always tragedies. But this thing going on like this and it is literally a spirit of fear. It's a devil. I'm telling you, it's not just it's not just uh, hype or something like that. It's a devil. That's affected people and gotten hold of people that just make them so fearful. And when you get into a place like that, when all you're going to operate in in life is fear-based, well, then you're always going to look at everything in a negative way. You'll never look at anything and in, 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 in have a goal or a vision for anything that, that you think would succeed. Right? It gets into that thing, oh, they'll never change. We'll never make it. You know... We're going down, right? I mean, that's how you get. And I don't know about y'all, but I mean, none of us are, in, are, are, are totally, completely impervious to this, right? I mean, even myself, if you just, man, you just got to listen to talk radio or something for just a little while. And before long, you're just like, just go home, dig a hole, you know? There's not any real good going on. And then the second thing that bothers me about all of this is that it seems like then, Rather than people doing what I want to try to show you tonight, is it seems like people tend then to just get into the complaining about the evil that's going on. Which is as negative as if you were walking in the evil. Because you literally are. You're just being a mouthpiece for the enemy. So now you're just complaining and speaking of this. And, and it doesn't make any difference that it's the facts. Right? I mean, you just may be recanting the facts that are that are you're hearing, right, or the truth of what's going on. And but if you don't watch it, what's happening is your mouth is producing death in you. And and even though it is factual, you can't sit around. It's kind of like it's kind of like I've always thought that one of the worst jobs in the world would to be a mortician. I mean, you're not ever dealing with anybody's happy. Yes, you could. I mean, there could be somebody that is like, man, I'm glad they're gone. But most of the time, you're dealing with, you're, you're surrounded. Everything in your environment is mourning, grief, you know. And so who wants to live like that, right? I mean, I'd rather work at a donut shop where everybody was happy all the time, right? Maybe killing them with sugar, but bless God, everybody's happy eating that donut. I'd say, man, enjoy it. Maybe your last one, bless God. Right? Because if you get around that, you hang around that, it gets on you. It gets on you like a garment, like a plague, like an old dirty jacket. You know what I mean? And, and it just, and so you got to watch yourself. So I want to show you something here tonight. It's just real simple. In Matthew 11, 28 and 30, it's famous scripture. Come to me, all you who are who labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. First thing here is that <clears throat> the simplicity of this is the only true place you're ever going to find rest is when you turn to Jesus and make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. And you really can not just make Him, not just, not just become Christianized. You know, a Christianized person is somebody that just goes to church, gets saved, but they don't ever really believe the gospel's true in the sense that they apply it to their life. They believe in heaven, and they believe in hell, and if they die, they'll probably go to heaven. But the situation is never changes in their life because they never apply the gospel to their life. I mean, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes, right? So it, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is the power. The good news, like we talked about Sunday, of the resurrection, that is what gives us victory in life, that Jesus is not in a grave. It's not a fairy tale. We believe that he arose from the grave. And he, it's not some hype. Right? And we're, we serve the Lord because he's touched us somehow. Y'all remember that song? What was the song? He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And then what happened? That's the next verse. Oh, the joy that fills my soul. That's right. That's how I knew. It was something like that. All right. And so, so he, he touches you right but then something happens all the joy fills my soul something changed in life and he's the only one that can give us rest he is the only answer for what's going on right now in the world is jesus it's people to have a personal relationship with him so he says and i'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light But you notice he said we gotta learn. Man, you know why is it that we don't want to learn? Why is it that as we get older we especially don't want to learn? I don't think we know it all. We just think we know it all. (laughs) You know, if you tried an endeavor right now of trying to learn a new language, (laughs) listen, "Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, you can take a child and you can you can teach. Children, language is so easy that it's soaks up like a sponge. You know, I'm really shocked at a lot of. You know, like uh, I'll tell you one. Um, <laughs> thank you. I haven't seen your moment here. President Trump's wife. Um, yeah, she speaks seven languages. Seven. But when they were children, that's where they were introduced into all that. Boom, that is soaked up, speaks seven. Languages. Now you go try to learn seven languages now. We don't have the discipline to do it, right? But Jesus said that we've got to learn. We have to learn, all right? Now, so then how do we learn? How do we learn? Well, the Bible's complete, tells us everything. Isaiah 28, 10 says, for precept must be upon precept, and precept upon precept, and line upon line, line upon a line, here little and there little. That's how we're going to learn. I was thinking of the verse, and see, I'm just I'm like, man, I'm, I need to quit the verse of the song we were singing. Sweetie, what was it right before, two or three before? Uh, we kept singing over and over again. Uh, let me look at your music. Your love never fails, never gives up, it never runs out on me. That little, that little snippet, if you wrote that down and you got up and you confessed that thing ten times a day, or sing the whole song, but you got those little ten... Those that little 10 times a day, you just said that, His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Something happens. His love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me, right? I mean, it would start changing your whole dynamic and your whole perspective. I mean, Hebrews 11, one tells us that our world are, is framed by the faith and the words that come out of our mouth, right? So your faith getting going and you're, you're, you're you got to do it. You got, but we got to learn this and how are we going to learn it? Well, we're going to learn here little and there little. Right? It's in practice. So, <clears throat> learning's not always easy. I, uh, I was trying to take apart a shotgun. And uh, yeah, I'm not too intimidated at taking guns apart. I've done it all my life. And so I was going to take this shotgun apart. And then I thought, yeah, I better go see if I can't find a YouTube video on how to take this thing apart, you know. It's a YouTube video for everything. Sure enough, I found one. And so I was watching the YouTube video. And so I'm following the guy, and I've got the gun laid out right here, and I've got my little hammer and my little punches, and I'm trying to figure out what screws to take out because there's usually a sequence to do it. And and so he says, you know, take this pin out. So I pop that pin out, and then all of a sudden right at the bottom of the video comes up in red, "Uh, this was a mistake, do not take that pin out. I was like, you fool, why didn't you edit that thing? I guess he figured no one would be standing right there with his hammer and his punch trying to knock it out so I started laughing. I was like, okay. And so then it just kind of like fell apart in pieces. And I just kind of gathered them all up, you know. And then I was like, okay, this is going to be difficult to figure how to get this thing back. So I just had this mess of springs and everything out here. And so I just got it and I laid it out there and started praying, you know. And so today I can tell you, if you were to come to me and walk in there and say, hey, pastor, I need to take this gun apart. I'd say, don't take that piece out right there. I learned, here a little, there a little, I learned from that mistake. I learned and I know, do not touch that pen. That is not the sequence that comes out, right? Sometimes that's the way we have to learn in life. We have to learn by trial and error. But the thing is, we have to be moving forward. And you will never move forward trying to learn unless you have a goal. Okay? So Proverbs 4, 11, and 12 tells us this. He says, for I've taught you in the way of wisdom. I've led you in the right path. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. There's a goal. He said, here's the goal that you're going you're to get to. Your steps are not hindered. And when you run, you're not going to stumble. Now, is that for everybody who's over, you know, 45? When you run, you will not stumble. Amen? So you got to have a goal. You're not going to learn. You're not going to try to to progress and have here a little, there a little, unless you have a goal that when you get to the end of it, there's something out there that's going to be coming back to you. Right? We talk a lot about vision. We talk a lot about confession and all this. But I'm saying this is so simple. Okay? So I did all of that, and I forgot the first thing. I forgot point one. So I'm backing up. So in Matthew eleven twenty eight, when he says, come to me, all you who are, are laboring or heavy laden. Listen, who is your master? Y'all remember a message I preached a while back out of Luke 4 and 18 and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I said, what spirit's upon you? And I started talking about, you know, <laughs> basically, you know, is the devil on you and, and that's the spirit that's on you or is it God on you? Is it? Spirit of God, that's the Holy Ghost working through you. And you can say the Spirit of the Lord is because I'm liberating people. Or are you binding people because of what's coming out of your mouth and causing them to have, you know, whatever. Well, the world right now does not want to choose Jesus as their instructor. They're looking for everything, every other fix, except a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're looking at cocaine, looking at alcohol, Look into whatever drugs there may be, affairs, craziness. But there's a bunch of people out there, listen to me, that are looking for um, something to get behind. Something to, to be a part of, to promote. It's the wrong agenda. But they're still looking for something. They just hadn't found Jesus to be their instructor he hadn't said, I think I want you to teach me. You with me? I want you to teach me because I, 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 you got the answers. you got it going on. I, I like what you've got. I like what you've got to say. Okay? So the very first step of any of this is that you've got to choose your instructor. So who's going to be your instructor? So watch it because <clears throat> you don't need multiple instructors. You don't need Jesus to be your instructor. And then some personal talk radio to be your instructor. And then the coffee shop talk to be your instructor. Right? right. You know, I told y'all a few weeks back to, 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 to see how many people that you run into, that you talk to in a week, and, 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 and number it and say, you know, how many people do I have an opportunity to influence? Well, let me ask you, let me just tell you to do this one. Go and see how many times in a week. You're trying to be influenced by something. Stop and take notice. How many times you're trying to be influenced by something other than, well, count Jesus in it. Somebody says something to you. Yeah, I was just praying for you this morning. had a good word for you. just so want you to know God's got you back. Like, yeah, being influenced by the Holy Ghost. Then you run across somebody else who goes to yakety yakking. And then the next time you know, you just feel like you got threw up on right? They're influencing you. The radio's influencing you. Everything's influencing you. How many, I mean, I don't know if y'all want to admit this or not, but if I was to watch television and I see a commercial for pizza, I'm immediately hungry for pizza, right? Now, I wouldn't buy anything like when they're trying to sell me a car or something like that, but food, if I was in the city, where you could reach over there and just order it and they deliver it to your house, oh my gosh, I'd weigh 700 pounds. I would do it. I mean, they make the commercial and you're just looking at that pizza, it's just dripping, you're like, "Ah." and if I could just reach it in a few minutes, somebody would ring the doorbell and I walked in, we don't get that luxury. So that's what keeps me from, yeah, it's a good thing, thank God. But you, you follow what I'm saying, you're influenced. Start watching how many things are influencing you. Okay. So then you're going to set your goal because we want our steps to be right, okay? So we have these lessons we've got to learn. And there's a jillion of them I could preach for the rest of my life right here. I could just let that be the introductory and say, okay, every week I'm going to give you a lesson that we need to learn. There's not just a few, it's it's vast, right? There's simple ones, there's complicated ones, but there's lessons that we have to learn. And if we don't learn the lessons... Then we keep going around the mountain until we learn the lesson. And that's what we don't like to do. We don't like to do homework, right? But that's what it takes to walk with Jesus. So let me give you one tonight. I don't even know if I'll finish it, but let me just give you one to think about. Here's one lesson to learn, how to defeat evil. Be a pretty good one, right? Learn how to defeat evil. I can tell you tonight how you defeat evil. All right, Proverbs 20, verse 22. He says, I do not say I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will save you. First thing is you don't get to discipline evil. You don't get to recompense evil. You don't get to retaliate against evil. That's not the way you win. Because it's like this. Let's just say evil could be put into a form. Its form would be like a squishy uh, substance that the moment you pounded it, it splattered, and now you've got more pieces all around. So the moment you decide you're going to retaliate, you smash, goes out everywhere. So now you got a bigger mess than before. You all with me? You just think about that. The next time... You run across whatever happens, evil in whatever form it be in. You just think about that. If you smash it, it's going everywhere, and it's just going to be more of them everywhere. You're going to make the problem worse. So he gives us a law here, Galatians 6, 7, and 8. He says, do not be deceived. God's not mocked for whatever man sows that he'll also reap. For he sows to his flesh, will his flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit, will of the spirit reap everlasting life. This whole law is called sowing and reaping. It is always in effect. It never changes like gravity. Sowing and reaping is always there. You act ugly, ugly's coming back. As much as I don't want it to be in effect, as much as I just want to be able to just, just take a head off. Like the old days. Just whip out the sword. Whoosh, say, you'll never say that again. And walk off. I know that whatever you sow, you're going to reap it. You never get away from it. It's just like gravity. It's always going to be there. You think you get away with it, and it will come back. I heard a uh, a clinical psychologist say the other day on a YouTube video I was watching. He said, you can never lie and never get away with it. If you lie it's going to come back on you you're going to that lie is going to come back it may take three years five years seven years it will come back to get you somehow and this is just a clinical psychologist saying this he wasn't preaching he was just that was what his observation was he said i've seen it in all my patients it always will happen if you lie it's going to come back it's going to get you you're going to get hung up in the web somehow and i thought yeah whatever you sow, much you're going to reap it's just the principle of god it's just going to happen right so we don't want to sow things that are going to come back in a negative way on us. So if you attack evil, it's going to come back on you in a negative way. So Jesus tells us in Matthew uh, 5, he says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you, and persecute you. So the first thing we have to do when evil comes is we have to pray and pray for them and pray for them to be blessed. He said, Well, I don't want to. I know. It's not fun. It's not fun. But then Jesus didn't say anything. to be funny. He said, just take my yoke upon you and I'll give you rest in the middle of it. If you do it my way, you'll find rest. But if you do it your way, you're going to get the splat everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. And you're not going to get away from it. So the first thing you need to do is just start praying. Pray for that person, right? And then, if possible, you move to Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-one. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And so you'll heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord will reward you afterwards. So if possible, and I'm, I'm putting that in there because I want to show you here in just a minute. If possible, you start doing action towards that situation, and then you're, you're making it work out. You're, you're, you're adding to the process. This is the way God wants us to learn. And when we start walking in his ways, here a little, there a little, precept upon precept, line upon line, then all of a sudden something starts happening. Right? Because Jesus said, I want you to have rest. Rest and peace. But you're only going to get it if you learn his way to do it. Which screw do you take out first? Right? Now, go to you can look at Romans 12, 17. I love this one. It says, Repay no one evil for evil, having regard for good things in the sight of all men, if it is possible. So I just had to tell you this. Sometimes it's not possible. Now, you don't get to choose and get to tell the Lord and say, well, I tried, but it wasn't possible. No. He gets to tap you on the shoulder and say, mm, okay, just keep praying for that person and leave them alone. If it's possible. I love that. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay," says the Lord. So you have to understand something. You can't stop all evil. We're not going to, at one moment, in one prayer meeting, we're going to stop all evil. Evil is always going to be that we live in a fallen world. It's not going to happen until the millennial reign of Christ comes back and, and, and you know, all that takes place. It's not going to happen. We're always going to to deal with it. But that doesn't mean we can't be walking in rest and peace. And that's our goal. We want to be walking in rest and peace. So we've got to learn from the Lord how to do it and how to implement the steps so that we get to walk in that right and then when we walk in it man there's blessing upon us now let me give you one last scripture second timothy four one through five says i charge you therefore before god and the lord jesus christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering and teaching so as Christians, that doesn't mean that we just step back and just get run over. What that means is there's times in life that we're it's it's the godly thing to rebuke. To stand up and say, no, that is not right. And I believe as Christians, we're coming to that point with a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world that Christians have to stand up and say, look, buddy, I love you, but this isn't right. This is not going to bear fruit. This is not going to bring people into rest and peace the direction you're going is wrong and I rebuke you in Jesus name he goes on here and says for a time will come when they will, will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itchy ears they will heap up for themselves teachers huh wow isn't that interesting they're going to heap up for themselves teachers as they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables but you be watchful in all things endure do afflictions, do the work in evangelists, and fulfill your ministry. Paul told Timothy that there's going to come a time that they're going to get teachers. And right now we have teachers. We have people teaching people. They're all wrong. It's, it's not right. There's no sound doctrine to it. But they're teaching people. And what is the result of that teaching is fear and anxiety, anger. All of that comes out of it because that's what they're teaching. But we've got to be the other kind of people that we're not going to attack evil, we may need to rebuke it, right? We may need to stand against it and say, no, 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 that's not the right way. But we know the principles of of God, and we're going to walk in rest, and we're going to walk in peace as we apply his principles to our life. Now, I lied to you. I told you that was the last scripture. I want to give you one more. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So our job is to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So when we learn that, Jesus is our instructor. We learn from him. We're going to walk in rest and peace. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, I like rest and peace. Man, nothing better than rest and peace. You know, and we're so blessed, folks. We're so we're spoiled, spoiled children. I'm telling you. Just go to San Antonio and spend a day in San Antonio, and then drive back out here. You're like, oh man, I'm a spoiled kid. Even complain of anything around here. Had to wait down there. They're working on the road. Had to wait five minutes. Right? Come on, we're spoiled. I mean, it's bad with the dust, the pollen and the dust and everything else. I will grant that, but it ain't nothing to having to live side by side with somebody else. <sighs> so anyway, stand up. Let me pray for you. Bless you tonight. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now over everyone that they would hear these simple words, Lord God, and this lesson and that they would learn from you and that they would take your yoke upon their life, Lord. Those that are in anxiety, those that are in fear tonight, that they would grab hold of these words and they would become steadfast and movable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Father, I just pray over everyone. I bless them tonight. I ask you, Lord God, to just to just let their the their, their, rest of this night just be the glory of the Lord abounding upon them, Lord, and the rest of this week and on the rest of their life just be your glory abounding upon them. Lord, I pray for their businesses. I pray for their, their their finances. I pray, Lord, in a world where groceries are going up, inflation is going up, I just thank you, Lord, you always make a way where there seems to be no way. You are El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And I thank you for supernaturally providing for those, Lord God, those givers and those blessers. Because it's a principle, Lord. They sow, they reap. They sow, they reap. They sow, they reap. And so, Lord, I thank you for blessing them. And I just give you all the praise tonight, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hey, God bless you, church.